Hello, fellow Rebel Capitalists. Hope you're well. So we have got some breaking news in the subprime market. The delinquencies are now higher than they were in 2009. But I'm not referring to the housing subprime market. This time, we're seeing the same dynamic play out in the auto loan subprime market. We're going to get right into an article from Bloomberg and check this out. Before we do, I want to remind everyone to get their tickets to Rebel Capitalist Live ASAP. we got incredible speakers like Mike Maloney. There they are. Peter Schiff, Robert Barnes, Lynn Alden, Simon Black, Brent Johnson, Jeff Snyder, yours truly, just name a few, some VIP guests, my good buddy Kiyosaki, uneducated economist Tracy Shukart, Steve Van Meter. This is an event you are not going to want to miss. Get your tickets at Rebel Capitalist Live. Dot com ASAP. Now let's get into this article from Bloomberg. The repo man returns. They're not talking about Jeff Snyder or Zoltan Posar. <laughs> I can assure you of that. They're talking about the repossession man, the repossession of all of these cars that have been purchased, geez, over the last decade. Really, where the average car payment has gone up to like $1,000 or something close to I mean, when I read these numbers, it just completely blows my mind that uh, people are paying that much for a car payment, for a depreciating asset. But let's get down into the nitty-gritty here because now money is not free and interest rates have gone up, which means that the, the, the price of a car loan goes up. They're underwater. And let's not forget that during the last 10 years, the reason people were able to afford a $100,000 car is because they just took out their payments and they extended them over like eight years. Where I remember when I was growing up, a car loan was like three years. So you had two options, pay in cash or pay over three years. Now they extend it to five years, eight years. Who knows? They probably go to 10 years. So by the time you get on paying off your car, you have massive <laughs> negative equity or even, uh, you know, if you want to give it back to the dealership. Oh, my goodness gracious. You owe far, far more than the car is worth. You combine that with people's real incomes being negative, meaning their nominal wages might be increasing. But when you add the rate of inflation, which is what really matters, their purchasing power is going down. Their purchasing power is less today than it was in 2019. So they start this article talking about, I, I don't know, how, how this Orlando company, this Orlando repo company is uh, doing extremely well and they're expecting their business to boom in 2006. And one of the main reasons they're expecting their business to boom is because this chart that we used on the thumbnail right here. Let me go over this. Uh, more specifically here, in March, the percentage of subprime auto borrowers that were at least 60 days late, 5.3%. That's up from a seven-year low, which is exactly what you would expect in May of 2021. Stimmy checks, PPP, people are just getting free money from everywhere. So of course they're going to make their car payment. But now it's a different story. And to give you some context, that 5.3% is higher than we saw in 2009. But there's an even bigger problem. Let me shoot over to this chart I found from Wall Street. And back 
during the last subprime housing and auto debacle, the auto loans and leases about eight hundred billion. Now one point four trillion. Okay, so at eight hundred billion, is the subprime auto market a problem? Yes, but at one point four trillion, it's not just a problem; it's a crisis. So let's get back to the Bloomberg article. They say it's difficult to determine exactly how many repossessions will occur this year. Cox Automotive estimates 1.2 million, up 5.3% from 2021. They say that's uh, still down from 1.6, but where we were in 2009 is 1.77. So in 2023, they're going to be, they're expecting more than we saw again during 2009. Then they go, for some reason, they talk about the history of the repossession business. <laughs> okay. And they, <laughs> like, we get it. And uh, I think what's really interesting is this picture right here. They talk about how there's a buzz at this year's North American Repossessors Summit. And I didn't even know this was a thing, <laughs> but I guess I guess it's like it's like rebel capitalists live <laughs> for for repo men and repo women, where you can go there and they have all these booze, but then they have all these displays on these things that you can buy to make your to, to make repossessing people's cars just that much easier. Like, oh, look at all the the gadgets that you've got on this new tow truck make it even easier to grab people's cars without them knowing. <laughs> oh, geez. You learn something new every day. There's a Rebel Capitalist Live for repo people. <laughs> and then they go on to talk about this story from this gal that really puts things into perspective. Hello, fellow Rebel Capitalists. Got a quick question for you. Are you someone that realizes we are headed straight for an economic recession? maybe even worse. Do you also realize that the government is trying to restrict your freedom, liberty, and privacy on a daily basis? We've all heard in the news lately about central bank digital currencies, and it's not a matter of if we get them, it's simply a matter of when. But although you know we're facing all of these problems, you don't know what to do about it. How do you protect your wealth or grow your wealth when we're dealing with a very volatile economic environment? Or how do you maintain or increase your freedom and privacy when we have this woke Orwellian government that's trying to micromanage your life? Well, fortunately, got some good news for you. I have set up an event that is focused on helping you, the rebel capitalist, find solutions to these problems. It's all set up to help you build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments. That event is Rebel Capitalists Live. It's going to be absolutely incredible. It's in Orlando, May 12th to the 14th. We're going to have speakers like Peter Schiff, Mike Maloney, Lynn Alden, Chris McIntosh, Brent Johnson, Jeff Snyder, Robert Barnes, just to name a few. So to get more information on how you can attend this incredible event that's going to give you actionable intel that will help you prepare for the rest of 2023 and beyond, go to rebelcapitalistlive.com and I will see you in Orlando. (music) 
usually I, I don't like these kind of emotional heartstring type stories, but this one I think really gives you a very good idea of what's happening out there with the average Joe and Jane in the United States. So this gal, Sarah Fader, freelance writer, writer in New Haven, Connecticut, fear of repossession is constantly on her mind. After totaling her car in 2021, the 43-year-old single mom of two teenagers had to get another fast, but with a credit score of 500. Okay, so I could create a whole entire separate video on a 43-year-old single mom of two kids with a 500 credit score, but we won't go down that path. She struggled to find a lender who'd approve her. Shocker. <laughs> she finally got a 2016 Subaru Crosstrek for 26 grand with a 19, a 19% interest rate with a monthly payment of $630. $630. Now, I remember vividly, this would have been me going back to 2000. Six, right around there. I remember I bought a Porsche 911, and it wasn't just a 911; it was a 4S, which, for those of you who who know about cars, four wheel drive, yada yada yada. And it, I was so excited because it was the first kind of like, well, I'd had nice cars before that, but that was the suit, the, the first like super super nice like fast kind of sports car that I had or that I purchased. And I remember very well my payment being under a thousand dollars. Under a thousand dollars, so I know this gal's payment isn't a thousand, but let's just say my payment for that Porsche 911 was, uh, I don't know, uh, nine hundred bucks, and it would have been like a three-year loan, or yeah, it would have been three years. Would have been more than that, I don't think. But uh, regardless, this gal's getting a Subaru for six hundred and thirty dollars a month, and I guarantee you that's probably on an eight-year car loan or whatever, at nineteen percent. That is unbelievable. I mean, if that's not a perfect example of inflation, I, I don't know what is due to the central planners. Because let's remember, Fed keeps interest rates artificially low. They prop up the market. The government deficit spends. What happens? These car lenders are like, yeah, we'll give you three. How about five years? How about six years? How about seven years? How about eight years? We'll just worry about the depreciation later. And then interest rates go up. And the prices of the cars go up as a result. And now all of a sudden you're paying $630 a month for a Subaru, for heaven's sakes. It's not even a new one. It's 2016. When prior to the GFC, let's say, you could have gotten a Porsche for almost for a similar interest rate or for a similar monthly payment. And trust me, my credit score was not five, was not 500. Wow. So look, she had to go to, okay. So then it says this quickly became unaffordable as cost of food and gas rose. So everybody thought, well, oh, these stimmy checks are great. Oh, the PPP is great. I mean, what are we going to do? Let people starve to death. And it was only people like me that were saying, Hey, this is going to bite you in the butt. You're sitting there saying, well, we have to do something. And the answer is no, we don't. Not if doing something is going to make the matter far worse for the people you're trying to help, for heaven's sakes. And we see this playing out right in front of our eyes, right with this story. Because the government created all this consumer price inflation, 
with by locking you in a cage and completely destroying the global supply chains. And then to add fuel to the fire, they increase M2 by 25%. A, a large part of that was due to all these stimmies and PPP, quote unquote, free money. And now people like Sarah are paying the price. There's no free lunch. And unfortunately, using her as a proxy for the poor and middle class, they're starting to pay the price now. And they're going to continue to pay the price into the future, especially if we go into a recession where the unemployment rate goes up to, let's say, 10%. Let's remember, the delinquency rate right now is higher or just as high as it was during 2009, 2009, with these sub prime auto loans. But let's also remember that currently the unemployment rate is 3.5%. Where, where do you think the delinquency rate would be if unemployment was 10%, 15%, which is what we very well could see at the end of 2023 or going into 2024. And then let's also remember, oh, but wait, there's more. Auto loan market has gone from 800 billion up to 1.4 trillion. I mean, so much so that we now have conferences for people in the repossession business. And they're so excited because they're looking at all of these economic indicators <laughs> that we talk about on this channel. And they're just giddy because they know that their business is going to boom. Now, we want businesses to boom in the United States, but we want them to boom because of free market capitalism not because the poor and middle class are being completely decimated. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, I want to make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. I want to remind you to get your tickets to Rebel Capitals Live ASAP, rebelcapitalslive.com, and I will see you on the next video and in Orlando, May 12th through the 14th.